What's crackalackin' everybody? Money Smart Guy, Matt Zapali here, hailing to you from Dallas, Texas, and welcome to episode 59. That's right, episode 59 here on the 7 Figure Squad podcast. Joining me in the studio today, once again, is my personal trainer, my friend, co-host of the show, Milton Alvarez. How you doing, big dog? Bro. It's been a minute. Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, <laughs> happy New Year, and soon to be happy Valentine's Day to everybody watching. We've been shaking and baking, man. Yeah, I've been traveling a lot. That's it, man. So we have a, we have a show here uh, packed for you. So we got a lot of topics to talk today about. An entrepreneur has a plan to make a million dollars, exposed, a day trader, losing $80,000, wealth um, uh, um, from, from uh, I don't know where he's getting his money from, but anyway, a reaction to boyfriends pranking them talking to somebody else but referring to the girlfriend as a wife. We'll see a reaction on that. I'd love to see your reaction on that. Mm. Um, what an ideal husband needs to be making in this day and age for their wives. Um, you've got some, some topics you want to bring up to as well, right, Mental? 100%. When it comes down to manhood, gentlemen, it's a gift being a man. Here's, here's the one thing, the stigma that a lot of men do not grasp onto, knowing that they're men. The reality of what it is to be a man, what it takes to lead from the front, not from the back, and the unfortunate reality is that a lot of us don't want to accept to this day. The second thing is move it or lose it. When you have a comparison of two 80-year-old women, one woman who stays active for her entire life and one woman who becomes stays stagnant and utilizes her physical disabilities to, as an excuse not to do anything, you'll see the kind of life that they live. And also, what it means to stay relevant in business. And we're learning from Warner, Warner Brothers, Fox, Disney, on them launching a sport, a streaming sporting venture in order to stay relevant in this day and age of technology. Also, what do ATM receipts in the trash tell us about what's going on in the economy today? And uh, simply, this young lady is on a rant talking about, I just don't make enough money. And so we're talking about that. Also, counsel from this guy who's a 300th employee of Tesla, sadly, what is a divorce attorney, counseled in on sadly when I was going through a divorce, which is something I hope that many of you never get to ever experience in your entire life. So uh, that being said, uh, Milton, we just got back from our San Antonio. Before we get into the topics real quick, I want to take a quick pause because we just came back from our event in San Antonio last week called Escape the Matrix. And uh, we are around Les Brown. We are around Dr. Emerson Egrich, author of the book Love and Respect. We are around Patrick but David. You played personal escort to Waka Flocka. What, what was your, what was your, if you would summarize what your experience has been with us here with this insurance agency, with your buddy here uh, running this thing for the last, what, uh, four years now, you've been running with me. Yeah. Back to San Antonio because yeah. what, it was, it was your My fourth. first year was in San Antonio. Now, this past uh, two weeks ago was in San Antonio. Back well. to San Antonio yeah. again. So if you were to summarize, man, what, what has been your experience like so far, I mean, so far the last four years and what was it like last week? Biggest takeaway from 2019 and still relevant in 2024. They hate their sleep. <laughs> they hate sleep. Sleeping 35, 45 minutes a night to an hour, two hours a night. They hate the idea of sleep. But it happens when you run an event, man. But the, but the biggest takeaway, man, is one, one of the things that I've noticed that as time goes on, yeah. the amount of value that, that you guys bring to the people who are trusting you guys with their livelihoods, with their yeah. futures, with their families, with their finances, and the kind of people that you guys bring around them that's able to add value to them, not just financially, but when it comes down to their spirituality, to their mindset, and also to the skills that they need to attain in order to run a successful business. Such an amazing thing, man. Something that I also took away from my own personal endeavor. That's good, man. Yeah. Good. It's been cool to see, uh, see you grow. I remember uh, the first time you went down there, you went down there in a bus, right? Man, listen, <laughs> listen, man, listen, listen. First event ever, uh, 2019. 
uh, Matt and I started working together uh, this, at that time, and Matt's like, look, man, we have an event com uh, coming up in San Antonio. Uh, a couple of our guys are going to be going down on the bus together. You know, it'd be great for you to fellowship, to meet the guys. You partnered, partnered me up. You partnered me up with two of your your, yeah. your guys that were going to show me around. Look, man, we're gonna be, you're going to meet Phil Heath. You're going to catch a workout. I think it'll be good for you to be exposed that's right, that's and right. for you to learn. Uh -huh. And I was like, yeah, it's freaking awesome, man. So, you know, I, I take my happy ass on the bus, and we're driving down. I'm not, I'm not minding my own business. And I, I get there. We do our thing. You, you give me the opportunity to be able to run a class and, you know, have Phil Heath take the class, which is great yeah. freaking experience, man. And, you know, after having the first experience of one of your events of not being able to sleep an entire night and sleeping maybe about 45 <laughs> minutes a night, and I was exhausted. Like, man, this bus ride is going to be hell. And I'm asking around, like, hey, man, have you guys seen Matt? Have you guys seen, you know, Swazzle, you know, your top people at the company? Uh -huh. Have you guys seen these people around? I'm, you know, I'm trying to possibly ride on the same bus as they are, you know, meet with them or, you know, kind of like you chop it up a little bit on uh -huh. the way back so that way I'm not bored and I'm not uh -huh. uncomfortable. They're like, bro, they're not leaving until tomorrow. I'm like, damn, they're going to take a bus tomorrow? Like, no, no, bro, like. No, like only the bottom feeders are taking the bus, bro. You're a bottom feeder. You are one of us. They are flying out tomorrow. <laughs> this man made me take a 16-hour bus, 17-hour bus. No, man, it was a lot longer. It was like, what, 17, 17, 18 hours? Are you were still working at UFC. You, were, you weren't the entrepreneur you are today, though. No, definitely not. I mean, could you have afforded a $400 plane ticket, $500 plane ticket? On a credit card. Yeah. On exactly. a credit card. But, exactly. no, but definitely not. No, no, no. That's it. Definitely a learning experience for sure. That's it. For sure. And now you're flying out all the time. So yeah. um, it's interesting to see the progression of yourself from taking the bus, those humble beginnings. Yeah. To where we are today, man. So uh, all right, let's jump into it. So uh Jordan, let's let's uh let's uh check out this first video about this entrepreneur who's got a plan to make a million dollar. Let's go. How much money do you want to make per year? Each business at least a million. No, how much money do you want to make per year? I'm talking about a million after paying everything. Okay, what's the plan to do that? Um, Here we go. That, that is the plan. The plan is... No, that's not a that's plan. Not that's a goal. Okay, that's a goal. I said, what's the plan to do that? Uh, the plan... Well, okay. So, I would say the plan is I'm working on... You haven't really funding. thought about it. Funding. I need you haven't it. thought about it. Can we just be honest with yeah. me? I have not... The million dollars sounds cool because I want to make a million dollars, but mm -hmm. I have not sat down and put together a plan to make this million dollars. I agree. Wonderful. See, that's now, it. let's put a plan together. Okay. How are we going to make this million dollars? 2024. No clue. No clue. No idea whatsoever. So the reason why we bring this up is because that's how people are starting off 2024. It's how people start off a lot of endeavors. It's how a lot of people say, I hate my job, I hate my job, I hate my job. Okay, you know what you hate, but then you have this aspiration of making double, triple, quadruple the money you were making at your job, yeah. but yet there's still no plan. It's like saying, I want to get in the gym, I want to have these abs, or I want to get in shape, I want to get stronger, get faster, I want to fit in this dress. But they say, but Milton, I don't have a plan. Well, you need to come into the gym, you need 100%. to put diet and exercise, blah, 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 blah. Sure. But you can't come into a new year with the expectations of having new money if you still have old habits. And so one of the biggest challenges that many people have is just that. They have no plan, they have no specifics, they have no mentorship, they have no environment, and I hope this young man doesn't get butt hurt because somebody called him out that's older, that's wiser, that's been there, done that, that he doesn't get offended that he calls him out. What's your thought about that? Well, that's needed, that's needed. Uh, when, I, when I left uh, uh, the gym that I was working at in 2019, well, I was forced to leave because of COVID, you know, I, I cracked my first 200, $225,000 for that first 14 months in business, which was amazing. 
And I told Matt all excited, like, man, dude, I just crossed over $220,000 and never made the kind of money in my life. It's freaking amazing. Yeah. He's like, great, do it again. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, Let's, you did it one time, that was probably by accident. Do it the second year, and then do it again the third year, and then again fourth year, fifth year, sixth year, and keep doing it every right. single year. Right. But every year, keep growing. I'm like, man, fuck this guy, bro. Like, $225,000 a lot of money for me, bro. Like, no, I'm good. But it's because there's more money than your friends and family. Exactly. Your current so identity. I felt on top of the world. So I'm yeah. like, man, I'm, I'm doing freaking amazing in my, in, yeah. with what I'm doing. And I remember I, I went to Miami. I flew out to Miami for, for I think, one of my clients. And I, I remember I, t I sent a video to you and Sheena on a mm -hmm. jet ski. Like, this is entrepreneurship. No idea what the fuck I was getting myself into. This is freaking amazing. And now we see these bags under my eyes. No, this is entrepreneurship. <laughs> this is exhaustion. But one of the things that I took away from that, and one of the things that I've been forcefully learning because life has been teaching me, is there are dreamers and then there are dreamers with a plan. And one of the biggest things that a lot of people do not do is they do not take massive action. And in order for you to take massive action, you need to be able to have systems in place. And although I'm not going to describe them all, I'll list out the seven things that you need in order for you to have a great do plan. Th do three. Do three. Well, out of these seven, cool. These are my, these are my top three then. Mm -hmm. Number one is clarity, adaptability, and leverage. Okay. Those are my top three. Let's, let's, unpack, let's unpack the clarity. So this guy wants a million bucks, yeah. but just doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. So it's like you put uh, an address inside a GPS, yeah. but GPS at least gives you three different ways to get there. Correct. So you can take the side roads. Yeah. You can take the local roads or, 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 or non-toll roads, but to get there to fast. Here in Dallas, to get there to fastest, you usually want to take the toll road. toll road. Correct. But you're willing to pay the price. Yeah. A lot of people aren't yeah. willing to pay the price. Clarity. What was the second one you had? Uh, adaptability. Adaptability. Oh. You know, in the Marines, we call it improvise, improvise. adapt, and yeah. overcome. You know, uh, for example, yesterday, because uh, I, I was still dealing with uh, uh, my, my gout issues on my hands and the medication I'm taking, and I couldn't fully grip the bar. Yeah. So what did you have me do? Straps. Exactly. Yeah. My muscles felt strong, man, but my joints weren't, weren't doing it, but you still got me through the workout. Correct. Right? That's, not, that's, that's what happens when you have a brilliant trainer working together with you. They understand your pain, aspiration, willing to adapt, and figure out how to, how to still get the job done. And on your end, you still got to fight through the pain, but it's not as bad as it was originally. And the third one, adaptability. Leverage. And leverage. You know, um, and this guy, the first question he was asking, I need to get funding. I need to get funding. Did you need funding for your business? No. Self-funding. Yeah, self-funding, self, well, self <laughs> but not, nobody gave me a dime, man. Exactly. It's yeah. not like you needed an investor. Correct. I needed 500 bucks. Yeah. So cut all the fallacy out there. You don't need funding to start a business. I started my insurance business uh, in 1999 with 500 bucks to get an insurance license, get some non-resident licenses, and make a long story short, been able to build multiple, multiple millions of dollars of, biz, of revenue and business throughout the country because of understanding sales skills, understanding marketing, understanding branding, understanding referrals. So, yeah, so this guy's plan was exposed. Don't get in a position of being a entrepreneur, be an actual entrepreneur, be willing to take risk, but don't go out in the wilderness without a map, without a, map, without a plan, and, and uh, you'll be much more confident about your progress in making a million dollars. Um, what was harder for you, making your first $100,000 or making your, your two hundred twenty-five dollars or $300,000, et cetera? My first hundred. Yeah, first 100000 That's that it. the hardest part. Tell, tell them why. Because you have no idea how to get there. But for me, I had no idea how to get there. And a lot of, number one yeah. thing that I tell a lot, a lot of my, the trainers that I work with who try to get into, go into business for themselves, try, even try to do online stuff, it's the limiting beliefs, man. That's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. so right now, I'm working with one of my one of my guys from Miami, Florida. This man makes two million dollars a month doing what I do, except he was able to crack the system and understand what it takes to get to that point to scale. Mm -hmm. 
my limited lease, now that's my next level, right? When mm -hmm. I was crossing over from 50 to my first 100, my limited lease were like, there's no freaking way I'm going to make $100,000 as a personal trainer. There's yeah. no freaking way. Yeah. Number one thing, limiting beliefs. Number two, not knowing the systems that you need to implement. Not, not, not having the knowledge that you need to know and not understanding what skills you need in order to be able to get to that point. And understanding the value that I provided to people that I was able to solve bigger problems than what I just thought was showing up, training, being a glorified counter, and then mm. trick. Biggest three things for me. Yeah, I love it. You're not going to make a million dollars being a trainer. You're not going to make a yeah. million dollars being an insurance agent. Well, it's sustainable million dollars. Yeah. Because anybody can get lucky. 100%. But to have it to be a sustainable million dollar income trainer, sustainable million dollar income insurance agent, it's, no, it's you being a business owner. Because the business makes the money, yeah. not necessarily you. So, um, speaking of which, a lot of people try to get rich quick. And this day trader said, you know what? If NFTs weren't doing it for me, if Cryptocurrency wasn't going to do it for me. They're going to take the shot at day trading. Let's take a look at this clip. Right, so, so, okay, so they're up 87,000. Looks good. Coming up. Oop, 86, 87. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Shit. Uh oh. So oh, Wait. Uh oh. Wait. You need to whip out and go. Simple. I don't know, bro. I couldn't Without. be that patient saying the next thing. Come on, come on. These guys are just open. They think as fast as it falls, it can come back up too. It's not going in the right direction, oh, man. A day trader. It's not going in the right direction. What's the exits? Exit is like, like no. Brother never heard of stop loss. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. Equity. Losing it. Losing it. Oh man, he's bleeding out. 100% bleeding out. <sighs> How fast was that? That was, that was 30 seconds. That was 45. Well, I, I, again, it was a video. But if, you, if it took 45 seconds or it took 15 minutes, how long of that could you stomach? By the way, people ask me, how, how can we don't day trade? How can we don't day trade? You're a millionaire, how can we don't day trade? That's exactly why I don't day trade. I have a business to run. I have children to raise. I have a wife to take care of. I got people to serve. I can't sit around a computer with the potential to lose my money in, well, in minutes like that yeah. in a stock market. What would you advise somebody who says, great, good for you that you're married, good for you that you have kids, good for you that you have a business. I don't have any of that. I actually have time. What, what advice would you give someone to on how to approach this kind of uh, platform? So I brought up a term just as we were reacting, reacting to that video. It's called stop loss. So inside trading like that, you can say, okay, if I lose X amount of dollars, if I lose $10,000, stop my trading. Sell whatever I got, put me on the side. I'll take my loss for that day. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's what I would do. Um, looks like he was using buddy system. Look, they're looking at the computer together. You know, they're, they're I think, both in shock. Yeah. But that's the day in a life of a day trader. That's their life. And the next day he might make 200,000 bucks. Yeah. I don't have the stomach for that. And so hopefully, you know, you're, you're buying, selling, buying, selling, buying a stock high, uh, 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 oh, excuse me, buying it low, selling it high. That's the life of a day trader. And hope you do enough of those consistently over, over the next four or five days for you to leave and bounce and move on to the next day. The challenge though too as well is if you're making your money that way as a day trader, you're taxed as ordinary income. Because if you're buying a stock and selling it in less than 12 months is considered ordinary income versus waiting 12 months where well, that's considered long-term capital gains. So you're ta taxing a lot less, uh, uh, um, tax, I think it's 20%. Whereas ordinary income, you tax, if you make $100,000 a year, you tax at 25%, you 
you make $200,000, you tax at 35%, et cetera. But if that's the way you want to make your money, good luck. But what's the story I heard a long time ago? If you want to make a million dollars day trading, first start with $10 million. <laughs> that's how you make money day trading. I wouldn't advise doing it, but then again, I may not have the same palate and tolerance as you. I came from nothing. I was making $20,000 a year as a sergeant in the Marines. Every dollar I made, I wanted to earn. I want to make sure it multiplied. I'm very good at multiplication and addition. I'm not very good at subtraction and division. So from what you're telling me, just to dummy it down for anyone who's listening, and you're like, what? what? What did you just say? And, and correct me if I'm wrong. From what I just heard from you is don't chase quick wins. Patience will pay off. Avoid impulsive decisions when it comes down to your money and steady growth over speed yeah. every day. That's another way of saying it. I mean, for you to say that, uh, you know, dumb it down. Depends on who's listening to the, Correct. the show. Correct. So in Proverbs 13, if Proverbs 13, um, uh, verse 11, let me, let me read this proverb. It says, um, wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished. Not saying that these guys are making money dishonestly. Yeah. But sometimes a lot of guys try to make money on the side and quick hustle. Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished. But he who gathers by labor will increase. So if you're willing to go out there and make an honest wage, not having to look over your back. For example, Patrick and I were talking about this last night. <clears throat> Would you... Would you rather make $100,000 a year as a personal trainer or a million dollars a year as a drug dealer? I'm Mexican, man. You can't ask me that question on, on live. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Because he is what? No, as a personal trainer, 100%. An honest living for sure. Oh, of course. 100%. Because you don't, you don't, you, your, your pillow's soft. 100%. Right? So it's the same scenario here. How do you want to make your money? Do you want to make your money worrying tomorrow morning uh, with your 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 your, your your feelings and your emotions all in your gut, wondering whether or not you're gonna lose your money tomorrow morning because that's the way you make your money. Um, you, get, you have to assess it. You know, I made my money with, with high commissions in, in, in whatever it is I was selling, whether it be real estate, whether it be um, uh, finding a product or a service that I can sell online, or in my case, the life insurance industry where there's high commission for the time that you put into the business. That's how I want to make my money. And then I'm actively doing it. Here, these guys are just sitting behind a computer, bro. Yeah. They're just like looking at each other like, I'm losing 80 grand. And as fast as that video was, I don't know if it was sped up or was it edited, but bottom, bottom line, that day they lost $80,000. So um, here's another thing too as well. In 2 Thessalonians verse, uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 10, it talks about those unwilling to work. If you're unwilling to work, you don't get to eat. So... You know, I was talking to, uh, in that chair the, uh, uh, two weeks ago, I had Chad o. Jackson sitting in that chair. Mm. And he, uh, he started a plumbing business at 28 years old. The challenge with plumbers today is they're getting older. Because everybody now wants to make money online. Mm. A lot of people want to make their money in e-commerce. Nobody wants to turn wrenches or deal with the crap. Literally. But those are the businesses that are yeah. the, mo the, most, the most successful. So, what, I mean, what do, you, what do you see on your side? Do people want to sit, you know, behind a computer making their money that way? Or are they willing to roll up their sleeves and... Bro, when, when, I started, dirty. when I started training, I was 18 years old. In order for you to work at, at a facility, you needed at least, a, at least a bachelor's degree in exercise science or kinesiology, and that's what we all strive for. Yeah. Now, there are 18, 19-year-olds who genetically, they look good. Mm -hmm. Some of them are taking steroids. Some of them are doing what they have to do to look phys uh, physically good, or they use Photoshop. They go online, and automatically, they transform their Instagram page into a personal training page or an online coach page, and they become an online guru 
online guru using chat GTP or just copy and pasting other people's content yeah. as their own, yeah. erasing the handles and all that, <laughs> making it their own content, reading scripts just so they can sound smarter on camera, whether they're doing uh, vlogs, YouTube, whatever the case may be. And after that, they go online and they charge people lump sums of money just to work with them online and all they do is send them copy and pasted programs. So now at this, at this stage and age, you are going to be in a very, at least in my world, right? Going to be in a very saturated industry if mm. you don't stand out and you don't provide ultimate value to the avatar that you're trying to target. Yeah, the issue that we've been around the world uh, um, in different gyms. We've been, you, you and I've been in hotel. We were just in a hotel gym last week. Yeah, and we're at different gyms, you know, different parts of the country wherever we travel. And it's interesting how whatever gym we're in, it's like you've been there for ten years. Mm -hmm. It's like you know the equipment. Yeah, right. Which is unique how you you, you train us. So. You know, if you're, look, if you're looking for, for somebody uh, to, to tap into, find somebody that's got wisdom, meaning they not only have the education, but they also have the experience to go along with. To me, that's education. Education times experience is wisdom. Speaking of wisdom, you got some uh, topics here on your end about, uh, uh, about uh, some health and some uh, areas to uh, stay relevant. Yes. So let's start with uh, "Move It or Lose It." Uh, Jordan, we can pull up that video, and it speak, and you will see a side by a side by side comparison of two women working out, and you'll see what I mean after that. Interesting. Bro, not, nowadays they they don't see a lot of people do not see the importance of working out. And again, guys, you don't need to be at a gym clanging and banging, lifting extremely heavy weight, but just something so you can stay mobile. Yeah. I, I'm curious to know, Matt, um, if you would have never started working out after you left the military, even mm -hmm. prior to you and meeting me, screw me. But if you wouldn't have started working out, doing anything for your lower back, for your knees, for your oh. joints, I wonder right now where you where you would be physically and internally Good question. with your health. If you didn't start making any change, whether it was yeah. taking care of your hormones, your brain health, you know, getting the shots that you need, the IV bags that you need for your internal health. Yeah. How far, where would you be and how much of that health would impact the way you carry your business and the way you carry yourself and your family? Well, I'm 50 years old. You're at my party. Can't even tell. Right? I'm, a 50, I'm 50 years old. And uh, the biggest question I get from my friends, my daughter, when I'm around the friends I grew up with, mm -hmm. like, Poppy, did you go to school with them? I'm like, yeah. Because they're looking at me and they're looking at my friends. Yeah. They're looking at me looking at some of my military veterans that got out, out the service. You know, you know, before I made it, it was about 2019. That's, you know, it's only four or five years ago. Yeah. But I was 44, 45 years old. But all I knew is that I wasn't moving. I wasn't happy. There was no energy flow. Every, every time I got up, but I, I joke about it now. When, you know, when people make jokes like, 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 I'm getting older, this is getting tougher. To me, I don't want, I don't want that. You know, those are funny jokes because I felt it, but I don't want to actually experience it. Correct. So, you know, I joke sometimes, you know, 50 years old, now it's a three-part decision. <laughs> you're 20 years old, you just jump out of bed. Uh, or 30 years old, you're kind of like, okay, uh, do I want to get out of bed? I got to stretch. 40 years old, man, I, you know, there, there's, a, there's a 20, 30 minutes of making the decision, I get out of bed and then stretch and then get out of bed. 50 years old, not so much. You know, today I'm jumping out of bed like I'm 20 years old, bro. Wow. You know, because the, the ability to have, I've always said that money is energy and energy is money. I don't know if that's philosophically true. I don't, I've just felt that way. But if I want the good things that come in my life, I've got to have energy. If I want energy, then I got to exercise. If I'm going to have, if I'm going to go through exercise with the amount of excitement, tenacity and, and urgency and commitment, I need to eat right. So a lot of these things back into, I think you just got to get to the gym. In my opinion, 
what you taught me and what I've learned over time is that if you're not eating right, you're not going to want to move right. 100%. If you're not going to go move right, you don't want to, you're not going to have the results that you want. And here's a formula, guys. There's literally a simple three-part three formula to literally be in an optimized state. And there's a combination of three things. Physical activity, moving your body three times a week. doesn't matter where it is, just move your freaking body. And having a balanced diet, which is going to impact your brain health, hormone health, and your cellular energy health, as well as your supplementation. Everything that you do, you need to be, be mainly focused on attacking those three aspects of your life. Your brain, your cells, and your hormones. And when you're able to eat and supplement with that in mind, your, your, your energy levels will be through the roof. The way you move, the way you function, the way you process, the way you feel about yourself is definitely very, very important. And also, nowadays, man, being a man. Being a man is something that not a lot of people want to step into the role. Not a lot of people have the capacity to actually step into the idea of what a man is. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, a lot of men see it as a burden that they want to transition into other things. They want to identify as animals. They want to identify as women. They want to remove themselves out of that picture so they don't have to have the massive responsibility that us men, us men have for the last thousands and thousands of years. Mm -hmm. and it's a which, blessing to be a man. It's a gift to be a man. So, yeah. Jordan, if we can pull up that video, uh, it's a gift to be a man. And let's check this out. Let me say something to men, uh, husbands primarily. If you feel like you're carrying weight, I like this guy. Yeah. You're in the right position. We are the foundation. We are the foundation of the family. If it feels like you're carrying what the weight of responsibility and it's tough being a man and all that kind of stuff, that means you're doing it right. Because you're the foundation. Lay yourself down and let that family stand on top of you. You were meant to be the foundation. You were meant to lay down your life. This was meant to feel like weight. It's an honor. Like, I feel honored to bear the weight of responsibility in my family. I feel honored. It's a gift. It's a gift. I was born in a male body. Come this on. is my assignment. It's Come a gift. Yes. I'm not going to complain about it. It is what it is. Yeah. I'm jacked up. That guy jacked me up, man. 100%. Yeah. We're called to be leaders. We're called to, we're to lead from the front and not from the back. Yeah. But here's the thing. Too many men are too stuck in their feminine side, too stuck in their feelings to mm -hmm. really grasp on to the idea of what that means. Well, I think, I think the problem with that is that society today, a lot of people today, due to the breakdown of the nuclear family, a lot of men today are over-mothered and under-fathered. Mm. They don't have that fatherly example and experience. And, uh, you, know, you know, even though my father was in my life, there was a lot of times that we, he, was, he was absent. I wish he was around more. My dad called me the other day, and, you know, my dad's family, you know, he's a different stage in his life, and uh, sometimes he's very forgetful. He called me the other day, bro, and he's like, hey, man, how are you? And it's like, uh, I'm, I'm doing good, Dad. And I'm not, mind you, my dad and I, we never really had an interactive conversation growing up. The only time he really talked to me was when I was screwing up, or he thought I was screwing up or doing something wrong. It wasn't good job. It was, and you're on the right path. Hey, man, I believe in you. It was never, it was never that way. It was, huh, huh, a bunch of sounds of my dad. And so, I mean, love him, and, and, and you know, there's Many times I wish that he was in certain times of my life, but he wasn't. But anyway, I'm forgiving him. I love him. I humanize him. I have grace with him. I'm a dad now, too. I'm a grandfather now, too, as he is. And when, you, when I'm looking at my dad and he says, hey, how long have you been in Dallas? Dad, we've been in Dallas for two and a half years. How, how, how's, uh, how, how's the kids? Dad, you were just with me yesterday. And, oh, okay. Did, did, did mom know that you're in Dallas? Dad, I moved you to Dallas. Two years ago. Mm. See, those things start slipping, man. Yeah. But at least I know as a man, I've taken care of my dad. 100%. I've taken care of my mom. I've taken care of the people that love and care about. 
And even though he may not remember, I remember. I look at myself in the mirror and say, you know what? I did right by my family. I did right by my kids. We're doing this, uh, we're doing this uh, uh, PR uh, press release. We got some big announcements co- coming here in, in, in a few weeks. But uh, to see my daughter, my 22-year-old daughter, see how we are today and to be able to be in, in shape, uh, um, being able to pick my six-year-old who wants to, four-year-old who wants to, who everybody thinks he's a six-year-old because he's, he's, he's that big. And, and the thing, too, as a man, you do what you need to do without necessarily the recognition from anybody else. 100%. You just look yourself right in the mirror and say, you know, I'm doing what I need to do as a man. I'm honored to be a man. It's by God's grace I am a man. He trusted me to be a man. He designed me a certain way. I don't need a pat on the back. But at the same time, too, as well, a man needs to be able to express his vulnerabilities. However, we do. And by the way, we got to be careful who you share that to with as well. Yeah. But we have to be able to express sometimes when that shield is heavy, when the, when the pack is heavy, be able to express, boom, I can still relate to another guy who's also carrying the same type of relative weight. Shut up. Don't. <laughs> Sorry, it's a, choke, it's a choking moment for me, man. Uh, three things for the guys, young men, future men, women watching, you can show us to a man, brother, husband, boyfriend, fiance, if he gets buttered, send him my way. There are three realities as men that you have to face, and if you get buttered by this, I apologize. Nobody gives a crap about what you're going through. As a man, you need to get it done no matter what, especially if you're married, especially if you have kids, especially if you're leading your family from the front. You, specifically, you were created to lead from the front, not the back. People who lead from the front will get hit with the hardest battles because you are the one making the way for the future generations and the family that's following you to the next endeavor in your life. And this is my biggest belief, and this is why I don't stop working. This is why I don't, I, I'm always seeking for the next thing. This is why I keep growing. This is why I just can't throw in the towel, and I can't sit and dwindle in a victimhood mentality because that's going to make me feel so convicted and guilty. Is a way to slap God in the face is by not stepping into the calling that you were called to step into. Let's go. Running in your calling, a.k.a. your purpose, is a form of worship. By allowing your limiting beliefs to hold you back, you're denying the truths that God says you are. And something you said right now uh, stood out to me is we need to be very careful on who we become vulnerable to. So in, in my eyes, automatically, it's, of course, it's the wife, it's the woman that we're vulnerable to that we can open up to. But what about the men who've been slapped in the face, not literally, well, some people literally, but who've been slapped in the face by a woman that they were so in love with. And the moment, in a moment of anger, in a moment of despair, the woman throws it in their face and now they're completely shut down from the idea of even being vulnerable with that woman. Oh, what, a, what a great premise. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've been, I've been married uh, going on nine years now, this month. I've uh, been with my wife uh, going on 11, 12. Uh, I can't tell you that uh, I share everything I have my wife. I do share with another man, though, a pastoral man, yeah. a pastor. You, you got to have that, that man in your life. And you got to carve that time in your schedule. I mean, I, my challenge to a lot of men out there, after school, after the military, after sports, when's the last time you actually made a friend? Mm. You got to make a friend. You got to you got to recruit them. You got to recruit a mentor. I, I ran into uh, Del Harris. I remember Del Harris, a former coach of the Lakers, Kobe yeah. Bryant's first coach. Okay. And I, I'm recruiting Coach Del Harris right now. I said, Coach Del Harris, I know you retired from basketball, but I know you, you're a leader of men. You coached men. You live in my neighborhood. Are you open to sitting down with a, a young entrepreneur who wants to get to level of godly obedience that you're at right now as a husband, as a leader of men, as a coach of men? Would you take some time to have lunch with me? He goes, absolutely. So there's men out there that's willing to do that if you honor their time too as well. And then whatever they coach you and do you on, you hold yourself accountable to them. You follow through 
and they're going to want to mentor you some more. You got to recruit them. You just can't expect them. Would you be my mentor? And you get let down because somebody doesn't have the time to be your mentor. Find and recruit the ones that have the time. And I think any man worth his weight will want to mentor another man. Because a, a man understands that. You know, if, if I understand a man's trying to come up, but they're willing to be aligned, they're willing to be coached. But I sense that in a young man. I sense that in a, a man coming up. I'm willing to pull them up. But they got to do their part. What do you look for? Coachability. Humility. Godfidence, not confidence, Godfidence. That's a Deion Sanders word. But I'm looking for, for them to want to bring out the God in them, confident in knowing that if they saw the right man, they can get to the next level. But th those are, and, and the, the fruits of my conversation with them are actually starting to bear, starting to bear another, another wave of benefits. Mm -hmm. right? so, uh, and, and I can't see them abusing what we're teaching them to do, that they're not empowered, but they're powering over others. I want them to be empowered to serve others, not to be powered over others. I don't know if that makes sense. 100%. So those three things is almost a system on how you filter out the people who yeah. come into your life saying, hey, yep. I want to work with you, I want to be mentoring. Because I'm, I'm sure now as the years progress, yep. you get more and more and more and more people coming to you like, Matt, I want to be mentored by and Matt. I find, bro, it's an honor for me, bro. Yeah. It's an honor. I don't think I deserve it, but I, I'm honored that young men ask me for that. But some counsel. people do it for clout. True, and I, 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 I sniffed that out too. Yeah. I, I sniffed that a mile away, you know? So, and, and uh, there's a lot of people around PBD. Yeah. That Patrick but Dave, they sniff for clout. Yeah. I'm like, PBD, you know, watch out for that guy. Watch out for that guy. Because that, that same character, that same spirit is around, around a lot of folks, man. But uh, speaking of which, if I need to move on to this next topic, these boyfriends were pranking their girlfriends, talking to somebody else, referring to their girlfriend as, Something else to their friends. So Let's can we it. take a look at this That's it. video? Uh, I'm with my wife right now. But... Ah! Ah! Wait, hold on, hold on. My girl's acting crazy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What? You caught me, you boy. And? <laughs> and? <laughs> Guys, me and my wifey just want to say thank you so much for 500K followers. Wait. What? Do you call me your wife? Yeah. No, yeah, you're my wifey. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I will just do a large pepperoni pizza. Thank you, man. My wife and I will probably be like. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, I like I like telling everybody like you're my wife. Yeah, but. Yeah, no, I can't, bro. I'm chilling with my wife right now. Alright, bro. I'll catch you later. What's up? You call me your wife? Yeah, I call you my wife. No piece of paper can make you any closer to being my wife. All right, we, we, we can start. <laughs> okay. By the way, I, say, I smile at that because I'm a dad myself, and I wouldn't want a young man to honor my daughters too as well. But think about, think about the power of commitment. That's what I'm thinking about. Even though they're boyfriend, girlfriend, and you may be playing on the word wife, which, by the way, I don't want to dilute the word wife either. If you're going to call her that, don't do that to manipulate her or, or, or try to get over on her. But if you really see her as... Wifey material, don't just do it for clout. Just don't do it for views. Actually mean that to the young lady that you are dating because you see her as wifey material and then move in that direction if you see that fit. But with that being said, look at how these ladies lit up and the commitment that of all the women out there, you're choosing me as one. And I can't tell you, bro, of all the women I could have chose, I'm glad I chose my wife.
I'm glad I chose her to be the one. I've been with one, one woman. I've slept with one woman for the last 12 years. Sex with the same woman for the last 12 years. I'm, and I promise you, if you have, you've got the right woman by your side and God is in the middle of it and you just don't have sex, you don't, just don't make love, you have this weird thing. I, I can't believe I've been saying this word. You have this weird thing called intimacy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird word I'm saying, but I'm experiencing that in a weird way with my wife that I married under God. I'm just happy you retired your right hand. <laughs> I'm just happy that right hand got some uh, some calluses back, man. Because man, this man's hand was kind of soft when I met him. I'm, I'm really happy that you guys have been heavily I, I, active. I, I, had, uh, I had, you know, scar. What we call that scar tissue? Tendonitis. Uh, golfer's elbow. Golfer. Yeah, tennis elbow. Listen, man. What, what, you, you know what? It's funny that you pulled up this video. Well, it's not funny, but right now I um, I have two friends of mine who are currently in. Long-term, long-term relationships, and by me, long-term is anything over two years. Uh, where now they're living with the boyfriends, or they're dating the guys, whether they're in-state or out-of-state. Yeah. And um, automatically now, uh, some women have this idea that within six, seven months, a man should know whether they want to marry them or not. Which I believe the same thing. I believe that within the first date, a man knows like, yeah, I want this woman to stick around. Yep. And within the first six, seven, yeah, six, seven, eight months, a man knows I want to marry this woman. Yeah. But. I feel like there's a gray area here when if you're going to date somebody. Okay, so there's there's two things, right? There's there's two parts, but there's two things. A, do you date to see where it goes? And if it doesn't work out, okay, cool. We're just dating. Not a big deal. Or do you not date until you are ready to say, hey, I'm dating you, but just know in the next six to eight months, I'm probably going to uh, propose you to know, you. It's funny that you asked that. I just thought about it right now. Instantly what came to my head, when I was dating Sheena, I was dating to build. Okay. Otherwise, I'm not dating. Okay. I got no time. I got for me in my situation. <clears throat> I got three kids. I got a business. I'm busy, and I don't want to. I don't want to mess around because I know the cost of time and money and emotion that goes into a relationship. One percent. So as soon as I met Sheena, I was already ready. I think I was in phase of my life, and I wasn't expecting her either. Yeah. I was ready. I was dating to build, and I'd spend some time with her on the phone and answering a lot of tough questions. And every time we were in presence of each other, she had a lot of tough questions, and I was excited about dating her because we were those questions were building answers and building questions exactly so that's my point when they ask me like, milton what do you think because they've come to me like milton you know i've been with this guy for two years three years or i've been with this guy for a year and a half whatever the case may be yeah. he still hasn't proposed to me okay have you made have you made it clear that you're look you're dating to marry yeah. like yeah i made it very clear but he's just he says that he's not ready yet or it's too soon do you feel that the reason men don't propose don't pop the question don't proceed forward to the next step a because they just need someone to emotionally comfort them, based on your experience. Yep. Or B, maybe they do love them, but financially they're not in the right spot and they're scared that they're not going to be, be able to fulfill the roles of man in the marriage. That'd be it. So number one, I'd say it's prioritizing three things. Number one is not having enough money to provide yeah. and provide the potential wedding that she deserves, that she feels that she deserves. Yeah. Number two, that dude is thinking about all the sex he's about to give up by marrying one woman. All the opportunities, I really hope all the options, this. blah, blah, blah. I can't believe I'm going to have sex with one woman. That's it. And I'm saying that from my experience. I'm like, I'm about to give up all this variety, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, even, even, in my, even in my Christendom. Even though I wasn't sleeping around as a Christian, but I'm thinking about, okay, blah, 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 blah. I just dialed in now on this one girl versus the variety of potentials that I can yeah. have. That's not like I was sleeping around. And this is still with me walking with Christ, yeah. right? But I'm giving all these things just for this one woman. And the third, and the third one, now I really got to commit to this one person. Yeah. I got to deal with their shit for the rest of my life. I don't know if I'm willing to deal with that. Yeah. I think those, for me, those are the three things 
that I was processing. My, my three things that dictate my next move when it comes down to the relationship aspect, as you know, you've been, um, you've been struggling with me in that realm for since you met me, 2019, of dating and marrying and finding the one and finding the girl, and who's the one, who's not the one, are you sure you want to date that girl, are you sure you want to be in this position, do you have time for... All of that. You and your wife have been hounding me down on that for the last <laughs> couple of years, and I appreciate that a lot because I think I would have been, been in a really shitty situation years, years ago because of that. But th my three non-negotiables for that is, number one, she has to be faith-based, 100%. Oh, yeah. 100% okay. faith-based. Yeah. I'm not, you know, whether she's entry, love God, man. entry level, mid intermediate, advanced, whatever, just faith-based. Believe yeah. in God. Run to God whenever we have issues. Number two. And I would say to that, yeah. I learned a new term. Don't be a social Christian. A social Christian. Like social drinking, like you only drink amongst friends? Yeah. Right? You're only a Christian amongst other Christians? Don't, don't be a, yeah, just don't be Christian because other people are Christian. Yeah. Boom. Exactly. Love God. Just level up my, uh, my non-negotiable. Number two is, and maybe this is shallow, but I need, I need to be attracted to her, man. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And, no, without and, a doubt. And, and here's the thing, and this is why. This, this, is, this is more strategic to me. Because, okay, cool, faith-based, amazing. We're still men. Our mm. eyes still wander. Uh, sure. And I, one of the th biggest things I tell God is, God, faith-based, a woman that loves you. Number two, a woman that I find drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. So that way, no matter what phase I'm in in life, no matter where we are, no matter if I'm traveling for work, no matter if I'm with her walking around, and I can be surrounded by quote unquote gorgeous women in bikinis or gorgeous women in general, mm -hmm. that my eyes will be so locked in on her because I'm so attracted to her yep. that nothing will distract me. Want to know a funny story? Fuck. So they, <laughs> last week we're at uh, San Antonio. Yeah. So I'm going to my hotel. Right, and I just noticed, you know, a few paces ahead of me, there's a very attractive woman walking towards the elevator shaft, you know, the elevator bay. I was going to, I'm like, oh man, okay, blood of Christ, blood of Christ, cover my eyes, Lord, you know, control yeah. my eyes. There's a very attractive woman just ahead of me, a few paces ahead. I'm, I will not look. My wife, my eyes, my heart is with my wife. I want to be disciplined with you, Lord. I want to be disciplined with my eyes, my heart, my spirit. Next thing you know, she's getting in the elevator with me. I was like, oh Lord, she's going to the same elevator with me too as well. Okay, boom. So I'm, I'm looking away, but I, I'm a man. I know she's there. I know she's very attractive. I know she's hot. Yeah. I know she's she's got it going on. You know, what I mean, she's got the swagger and and man, if, if I was in a different capacity, right, I'd be I'd be throwing game. And then I get in the elevator. I'm on the opposite of it. She's on the opposite elevator, and um, I hit the button and I just take a quick glance, right, and I realize it's my wife. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> what? Thank you, Jesus. Right. But to your point, yeah. you've got to be attracted to her. You got to be attracted to her. And the third thing, <laughs> and the third thing, she needs to be able to have a mind of an entrepreneur, or at least have the patience to do and to understand the mission and the purpose that you got going on in your life. Bro, the last two relationships in my in my life that I've had in the last five six years didn't work out because of that. Yeah, you're not a six coming home six o'clock type of guy. Not. And here's the thing, and maybe this is my fault, my leak as a man. Maybe some of you ladies out there can teach me. Some of the gentlemen out there who's been doing it for a while can teach me this. But my biggest leak is not being able to be at the very moment, or maybe. A couple months ago, maybe it's different now, right? I've done a lot of growth. Yep. Uh, being completely emotional, ava emotionally available to a woman yeah. right now. Yeah, I get it. The biggest thing for me right now. Hmm. So because of that, those three things, it's been easy to filter out the women that I, I speak to. Yep. You know, But it, it's sad, man. For you, If you're a guy and you're watching this, or if you are in a relationship, you're a girl, and you've been with the guy for for two, three years, and he still hasn't proposed to you, and he's just dragging you along. And one, some of you guys, he might have just given you a shut-up ring. There's the, the, people do that. Guys do that. Yeah. They literally give you a ring just so you can shut your mouth and stuff. Stop, yeah. stop, stop nagging. Yeah. But two, three years later, you still have the ring on your finger, but there's still no marriage. There's, yeah. no, there's, no, there's still no commitment. Yeah. Men like to have one foot in, one foot out. I really hope that you guys are able to, men, make the decision 
that you need to make so that way she can step into the proper role that she has, man. Pretty soon, you, one of these days, you're going to have a daughter. Do you want another man treating your daughter the same way, too, as yeah. well? You know, that's the way I look at it, too, as well. And that's the way God got me squared away. Once I started having, once I had my daughters, the way I perceived women, and it wasn't even dating or getting married, is when I had yeah. daughters, Yeah. Uh, oddly enough. But uh, um, speaking of which, uh, a lot of... You know, Re, re, because reason why men don't get married is because of a financial situation. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look here at what's going on in America. This guy went to an ATM. By the way, this story he reminds me of when I went to an ATM and I was flat broke. I could barely take out $20 out of the ATM, hoping to take out $20 out of the ATM. And I looked at the receipt. I, had, I think it's page 45 of my book, Faith Made Millionaire. I actually kept the receipt. I keep it in my Bible at the house because the person ahead of me pulled out the daily maximum and still had a gang of money inside the checking account, where here I am, I can barely take out 20 bucks. Hopefully I can even take out 20 bucks. So let's take a look at these ATM receipts that are thrown on the side of an ATM in the, in the garbage can because this guy was curious what people had in their bank accounts left over after taking a withdrawal. Let's take a look at this. So I'm at the bank, right? I noticed everybody's receipts right there. So I'm like, hmm, let me see how America's doing. Felt like being nosy. <laughs> His own little survey. Available balance, $400. Took out 40 bucks. Shit. Available balance, 173. Took out 100 bucks. Available balance, 57 cents. <laughs> Took out 80 Damn, bucks. bro. It's like 57 cents America's less than going through it, man. Checking account. I mean, what would happen if, like, you know, they get, like, a sickness in the family or some emergency? That's right. Shit, it's not easy to live out here in 2023 nowadays. Yeah. Might as well go back to El Salvador or some shit, man, your country, to be honest. All right, we can stop there. You know, that's, you know, that's where a lot of people feel, like, in America. I mean, the average person here in the Dallas area can barely afford the average home in America. And it's actually, for the first time in America, it's actually cheaper to rent in America than to actually own. And so when you're looking at the pressures of a man, the pressures of any, any couple looking to get financially ahead, that's the scenario that people are looking at. Because when you are, he just did a quick survey, what's left in people's banks. And by the way, I'm curious, for those of you that's watching this, when you go to an ATM, are you there to just take out cash just for the day, or is it for tips, or what do you take? What do you use cash for today, and then to be left with a checking account balance of fifty-seven cents, or hundred bucks, or three hundred bucks, or four hundred bucks? What type of balance are you comfortable with in your checking account today? I'm just curious, based on our viewers and those watching this right now, what comfortable are you having a balance in your checking account after you take out money from from ATM? What's your thoughts on that? Bro, same thing. Except for me, I've had more negative experiences than positive experiences. Mm -hmm. A lot more negative experiences. I, I, it's happened to me three times. And after the first time, you, you would assume that I would have learned. Second time, you, you would have assumed that I would have learned. But every single time that I uh, went to withdraw money for gas or for whatever the case may be, just to have it in my pocket, insufficient funds, insufficient funds, yeah. insufficient funds. Every single it. time. And then yeah. the receipt will still print out. Yeah. And you're like, you look at it and you just toss it out. It's so freaking embarrassing. The third time that it happened, it was actually a blessing where I did it. You know, the person behind me came around me, they used the ATM, and I'm in my car, like, contemplating my bullshit life at the time. Yeah. Guy walks up to my window, taps on my window, he's like, hey, young man, you all right? Yeah. My eyes freaking shot, bloodshot red from fucking crying my ass off. Yeah. And he's like, it's going to be all right, man. Here, here's a note for you. In that note, I opened it up. He's like, God's got you with 40 bucks in it. 
God made has been making ways for me for such a long period. Amen. One of the biggest things, bro, that I've noticed is a lot of people have to complain. And maybe you have another video here that a girl's talking about. I don't yep. make enough, which actually I'll wait until you, you, you uh -huh. touch on that one, so I can actually give my points on what I'm about to speak about. Yeah, I mean that that's it because people today are working very very hard, and a lot of her paycheck has gone to living expenses. So why would we take a look at this video about this young lady here having her financial situation aired out? I cannot stand how the news has been dogging Gen Z and calling them lazy for not wanting to work a nine to five for the rest of their lives. Let me put it in perspective for everybody who's a little confused like here, okay? I work five days out of the week, 40 hours a week, okay? I do not make enough to live on my own. I would not make enough to pay rent, water, electric, and eat. All by myself. I would not be capable of doing that. 20 years ago when you were getting started, you could live on your own. 20 years ago, when you first started, you were able to do everything that I am now struggling to do. Let me add another perspective here. You've been working for 20 years. You have 20 years of working experience behind your belt. You have 20 years of experience in a career that has allowed you to gain raises, to get more money, to profit you in an economy that you created. You can sit here and you can call Gen Z lazy all you want, but I've been working my tail end off just to barely make it by. And respectfully, I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. I don't want to work my tail end off wasting all of my life working just to barely be able to pay my bills. And that is what you created, not Gen Z. We're just here getting started. You've been doing it for the last 20 years. You tell me how it got ruined. Well, we can sit here and we can call Gen Z lazy all you want, but you let the economy turn into what it did. Okay. You let it all. Run to hell. And now it's Gen Z's fault because we don't want to work to fix your mistakes. Okay, well, I don't think it's Gen Z's fault at all. I mean, I think every generation will have the older generation always giving the younger generation a hard time. Yeah. Because I was coming up, when I, when, as a Generation X, I was getting, I was getting crap from the, uh, from the baby boomers. I was getting crap from the, uh, the silent generation. I was getting crap from Vietnam veterans. I was getting crap from Korean veterans, Korean War veterans. So, you know, every generation will have its air. So she's going through a tough point. When, when I was... When I was in my 20s, I could barely make ends meet. And in the military, we have these relationships or marriages called marriages of convenience, where people get together because now they can consolidate their income, so therefore they can afford rent, they can afford grocery, they can afford electricity bill, they can afford car payment, et cetera, before they move in together. So every generation will have its version of being broke. That's just part of the process. And some of you guys will say, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. Listen, when I was coming up, you know what minimum wage was? It's three seventy-five an hour. Damn. I was I was I was a delivery. Uh, what do you call it? The bike messenger. I was delivering packages downtown Chicago. Arrowhead messenger. That was my job. So I had a, I had two jobs. I was recycling cans and recycling newspapers. I was doing whatever I could to to raise cash. So I think a lot of people today are confused about the work necessary to actually make life work. And that's the thing, man. I think a lot of these these younger cats, and, that, and I can put myself in that same situation. When I was working at Jewel Osco, aka equivalent to Albertsons, mm -hmm. I was making seven twenty five seven twenty five an hour. My biggest issue was, I mean, I only had three bills to pay: my car insurance, yeah, uh, groceries, and my phone bill, right? But my biggest issue was I had a spending problem. I had a massive spending problem because people were always inviting me out. At the time, I had a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that she was, wasn't eyeballing anybody else. I wanted to make sure that she was only paying attention to me. So making sure that she, everything that she wanted, I, would, I was able to buy her within my 
financial terms, of course, yep. my means. Yep. And I wasn't being mindful of what it took to actually save money and what it took to actually be in a better position financially. Mm -hmm. And where a lot of these younger guys, younger women and guys also have, is that they're not in a position to seek more opportunity for themselves. Yep. That's, a, that's a thing. You, yeah, it's a privilege to have DoorDash. Yeah, man. It's a privilege to be on Uber. Yeah. Bro, when I was coming up, I couldn't afford to take a cab, let alone Uber. Because the way I would factor it is that for three seventy-five an hour, four bucks an hour, five bucks an hour, I'm spending all that money on food. Yeah. So I worked one hour for food. Yeah. I worked one hour for a ten-minute ride. Yeah. That's the way I would process it. I said, "Bro, I'm walking. Yeah. Let me get a bike. Uh, let, let me find somewhere I can carpool. Some some get there. And and and, bro, when I was coming up in high school, my mother gave me twenty bucks a week for three dollars of food for for lunch. Must be nice. Yeah. Well, this is my <laughs> scenario. I was, I was raised in the, in the in the upper projects, I guess. She gave me twenty. She gave me twenty bucks for for bus fare, mm -hmm. a dollar uh, there and back, and then three twenty-five for lunch. Mm -hmm. You know what I did? I saved my bus fare, which is five bucks a week. Yeah. And I went to uh, went to Cicero uh, Cicero uh, and and Cermak to DJ International Records just to buy one record because I want to be a DJ. Yeah. I'd ran to school and I ran back home to save five bucks a week. So that budget that my mother gave me. Yeah. So. So I can be a, so I can be a DJ. After a year, I I, I bought four fifty, hundred records in my record collection. Yeah. But that's the process I was I was one, I was one to take. A lot of people today, sadly, and here's the thing too: today, we didn't have social media to complain with. Yeah. So what happens with social media? You get tracked either a positive message or you track a negative message. Yeah. The danger with this type of message, and for people to buy into it, guess which more attractive: a positive message or a negative, negative message? Of course, negative. Exactly. One hundred percent. So you can attract your pity party very fast. Yeah. And you, the harder the voice to hear is a positive message or the challenging message to say, hey, suck it up. That's part of life. Grow up. Um, which is my last, my last topic here. We're not got time. I got, I got a 2 o'clock meeting here. We got to jump on the call. But this guy was a 300th employee at Tesla, and uh, he was about to have a major windfall. But we were talking about earlier about picking the right relationship to be in and get married. Let's take a look at what the Tesla's 300th employee said in terms of his stock of Tesla, let's take a look. What number of employee are you of Tesla? I would say I'm probably in the 300s. How good was their offer? They gave us a lot of stock options to start with. I mean, they gave us 40,000 options. My strike 40, price was 90 cents. Did you have a 40,000 oh, no. Tesla stock? Price price was 90, 90 cents, cents with my strike price. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was like, at, at ninety oh cents, who's going to take them seriously? I mean, because I surely wasn't. I mean, I, I was, I loved the job, but I didn't take <laughs> at ninety cents. Who cares? So I got forty thousand dollars. Whoopty, you know, that's all it was back then. But that's fifty million dollars today. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> what did you do with those options? Well, um, I kept them, and then I went through a divorce, and the uh, divorce lawyer uh, convinced the judge that the Tesla was going to go out of business in twenty thirteen, and they sold them all. No, that's yeah. the most expensive attorney I think oh. I've ever. Oh yeah, but it was, yeah. All, it was you know like whatever sixty grand or something at the time, but now that's fifty million dollars. I actually did some research to see if I had a case against the lawyer, but I don't. Even though he made a, he convinced the judge that the, they were going to go out of business and we we're going to have to sell the stock to pay his lawyer fees. I'm. How often does that keep you up at night? So here's the thing: forty thousand stock options. Today's uh, Tesla, this, uh, the uh, the price today is 180 bucks, 188 bucks a share. Right now, 7.5 million bucks. So you must have had a Tesla at a different at a different price. Right? But but think about that. His strike price, he could have bought 188 dollars stock. Strike price means the price you can buy it at by, yeah. by getting options. Mm -hmm. So if, if the stock was 50 bucks a share or 75 bucks a share or 100 bucks a share, you can go back to the original strike price and buy for nine bucks a share. Yeah. Today that stock is worth 188 bucks a share. And because he picked the not only picked the wrong wife, <laughs> he picked the wrong Lawyer. attorney. 
And so that's what happens, man, when you don't have the right counsel, man. So my, my, my hope and prayer for those that watch the Seven Fear Squad podcast that this year in 2024, you seek the right counsel. Now, how do you know you pick the right counsel? Number one, you got to find someone who's been there, done that. There's so many online gurus today. There's so many people that can fool you to thinking that they're an online guru to figure it out. So you have to see what type of case study or track record somebody has had if they're trying to fool you into something. Come into my program. Come into my mentorship. Come into my master pro- mastermind. Come to find out what is their track record of doing so. And, and here's what I found out. Success leaves clues. You're going to find out a lot about people. And I'm not going to find a lot about people based on rumors and gossip and, and riffraff. Because here's what I realized, too, as well. Some of the best of the best has got a lot of knives and arrows and spears in her back. They've been through courts. They've been dragged through courts. But guess what? They always come out on top. Just because somebody's been through court doesn't mean they're necessarily, necessarily a hole. Look what's going on in, in, our, in our, our society today. Those going, uh, legal battles is a form of bullying. So the second thing here is you have to look at some case studies. Who around them are beneficial or benefiting from the mastermind, the program that has been discussed in that video or in that, or in that offering? And the third one, too, as well, is if you're in a situation where somebody's going to potentially mas- uh, mentor you and, and, and work together with you, What's, what's that gut feeling? What's that, what's that check? Are, are, they, are they trying to tear your arm off and get involved in this program? Are they trying to hard sell you? I don't like getting hard sold, man. If, if something is already good as it is, I don't have to be hard sold. I don't think the value is going to be there. But at the same time, too, as well, I don't want to be fooled. 100%. I don't, like, I don't like being convinced. I want you to persuade me. When you try to convince me, you're, I'm, you're making me buy for you. But when you try to persuade me, you're, I'm buying for myself. Yeah, that's the biggest biggest thing. But also do the same thing when it comes down to your relationships. Yep. Biggest things, as you said, the wrong partner will set you up in a really negative spot. And to any girl out there who is currently in a relationship for over two years, who has not been proposed to or has to be married to, you're going back to this man. Is there, is there like an underlying undertone who's, who's watching this? No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just talking shit, man. It's been uh, five years, so let's, uh, let's figure this out before I stress the fuck out, man. <laughs> that being said, guys, I appreciate you watching this week of the Seven Fear Squad <laughs> podcast. Later on this week, we have some mastermind. We did a million point base shop retreat. We did a million dollar mastermind. We put some cameras in there. We're going to be unveiling it here on the Seven Fear Squad YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you watch this all the way into the end, please. Put it at the end in the, in the comment section. You watch it to the end. Please put Seven Figure Squad to see if whether or not many of our viewers and watchers of this, whether live or or replay, watch this all the way until the very end. Seven Figure Squad, and I just might have a gift for you, a signed book of my best-selling book, Gotcha. If you put the word Seven Figure Squad, if you watch it until the entirety of this podcast, I appreciate it. With that being said, on behalf of my man Milton Alvarez, I'm your mighty smart guy. Tune in to us next Wednesday, 1 p.m. Excuse me, 12 p.m. Central Standard Time, back on Wednesday. Till we meet again, continue to live smart, continue to love smart, and be money smart today. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Bye-bye.